0: hit him up hit him up move him on move him on hit him up raw high cut him out ride him in ride him in let him out cut him out ride him in raw.
1: Raw. 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 welcome back baseball fans to episode 22 of the banished to the pen podcast the audio component of the website banished to the pen a group baseball blog produced by fans of the effectively wild podcast i am your host ryan sullivan editor-in-chief of NatchGM.com and the baron of all baseball podcasts this week i am excited to be joined by two members of the banished to the pen crew nick Strangis and tyler baber fellas welcome and say hello to the internet
0: hello internet
2: good to be back hi internet nice to meet you
1: that is right. We've got one uh, returning member and we've got one guy, I believe, joining us for the first time, at least joining me anyways for the first time. So uh, once again, let's start uh, as we kind of do each week and just have you guys introduce yourselves a little bit. Uh, I'll start with Nick. I-, I said your name first, so we'll start there. Uh, you know, Twitter handle who you're a fan of, uh, where they can find your work perhaps behind- besides uh, Banish to the Pen. Just a quick little intro.
0: Sure. Uh, so my name is Nick Strangis, and I am at Caps Orphans on Twitter, and I just contribute to Banish to the Pen. So you can find me at banishedtothepen.com, and I'm a big Cubs fan. I also root for the uh, Twins because that's where my family was originally from. And uh, living in Atlanta, I guess I cheer for the Braves. Uh, you know, most of the time as well. So um, I've got some mixed uh, mixed allegiances, but uh, it's all good. So, uh, thanks for having me back, Ryan.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you back. Uh, you've been doing some great work, like I said. Uh, you know, obviously, you've been doing some write-ups about the Sonoma Stompers, and we're going to touch on them uh, here in a second. Uh, so, Tyler, uh, once again, kind of the same question. Uh, you know, introduce yourself to the internet, please.
2: Yep. So uh, I'm Tyler. You may have heard my brother Chris on the Orioles Preview podcast, and uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Tyler's Notes. Um, you also may regular les- listeners may have heard me on the um, the Snowpiercer uh, banter episode of the podcast a few months back. And so far, I only really write for Banish to the Pen. Unless you want to go back about ten years and find some of my uh, music reviews on old, now <laughs> defunct websites.
1: Okay, what kind of music <laughs> did you write about? I gotta know
2: um well so it was uh let's say it was the heyday of like uh ska and pop punk so and i'll leave it at that oh goldfinger (laughs) oh no nothing not nothing that good oh lord that's all the bands that came after goldfinger who really liked goldfinger but didn't know any more chords than like dcg
1: oh that's now I really want to read these. That, and now I really want to hear these bands and see what you I'm hoping
2: about. that they're not, not findable <laughs> on Google.
1: So all right, well, uh, Tyler, it's great to make your acquaintance. It was throwing me off the uh, last name, and I thought I had had <laughs> you on the podcast before, so now it makes a lot more sense. So yep. uh, uh, The first place I want to start this week, uh, Tyler, you're up first. Uh, you did a piece, goodness, it might have been a week ago, it might have been two weeks ago now, these, these days blend together, but uh, you were talking about Up and In, the former podcast, uh, I guess we had just gone past their five-year reunion recently, uh, we had Mike Farron on the podcast earlier to talk about it as well. Uh, first place I'd just like to start is uh, to let you introduce uh, what you did with the piece, and uh, kind of let's just start from there.
2: Sure. So it's, yeah, it's um, hard to follow Mike Farren because he did a great job um, talking to you, I guess, uh, the last, the last episode, two episodes ago. Um, so listeners who would really like um, an expert and a uh, good fan of the up and in guys, uh, Jason and Kevin, go back and listen to that uh, interview because Mike's a lot smarter than me. Um, but other than that, yeah, the, I guess I just kind of realized um, a, a while back that hey, we're coming up to five years um, on May twenty-first of the first episode of Up and In, and I know you know that first episode probably didn't get listened to by that many people when it first aired, but um, I know speaking for myself and a lot of uh, a lot of other baseball fans I know that that podcast was like a difference maker. It was like the first time that. Um, it became clear that you know you could be yourself and be successful uh, for why you love baseball. Like that could lead to not just a successful career, but also like you know a network of people who thought like you did and and talked like you did about baseball and were interested in the same things. But at the same time, Kevin and Jason were like absolutely just like unbelievably smart. And um, so I had this you know I had this thought of, well, um, I loved that podcast. I know just about everybody did. Anybody who's listened to it, um, I haven't heard anybody say that you know they didn't really like it that much. Um, but uh, I thought, well, let's let's try to find other people who were influenced by it or they, you know, were interviewed on it, um, all sorts of people like that. Uh, the Facebook group for Up and In is still, pretty huge it's still like just about as many people as are in the effectively wild facebook group um and it's still relatively active um the the people who were you know just sort of being introduced as, through the up and in podcast have all gone on to do like big and huge uh, awesome things um and so i just kind of wanted to get as many voices as possible to contribute um you know, what the podcast meant to them, what its legacy was, and uh, and how it shaped them as fans.
1: And I'd love to touch on that, the three of us as well, but the the one thing I do before we digress into that is, I, I just wanted to, who did you get to participate in the piece, and uh, was there anybody that gave you a quote or said something that kind of particularly piqued your interest?
2: Sure, so, I mean, one of the first people I went out to was Mike Farron, and he gave me an he you know, he went above and beyond in his response. I had like three standard questions that I was asking everybody, and he wrote like a paragraph for each one. And I really like I wish I could have done a whole piece through his quotes, because he just really um and we can get into some of the things he said a little bit later. But so I also had um uh Andy McCulloch, uh the Kansas City star, had some fun things to say. Uh Jorge uh Oranger, who's now uh writes for Vice. Um, who is well known to regular listeners of the show, um, Mauricio Rubio from uh, Tino and the New Baseball Prospectus Prospects Podcast, and I think about seven other baseball perspective podcasts. Um, let's see who else. Uh, I had uh, Craig Robinson at Flip Flop Flyball, um, which is a you know fun little thing that was kind of all the rage a couple years ago and hasn't. Um, Uh, hasn't been as active recently, but it was uh, a lot of fun. The guys from productive outs. Um, I think Ian, uh, wrote in, um, and, um, Nick, you contributed, uh, you had given a couple quotes, a couple other fans who are, you know, listeners to, or readers of, um, banished to the pen or listeners to effectively wild, uh, Participated as well. Just I, like I kind of just cast as wide a net as possible to say, you know, if this was important to you and you're able to give a quote, the it, one it was, person
0: Oh, I didn't mean like, to interrupt. I was going to say it's it's really cool to see like Ian contributing and some of the guys like you said like Craig Robinson because it felt like like reading or like hearing from old friends again uh it was kind of funny but I I was like oh it's a little emotional in here right now because um I haven't followed productive outs as much as I I wish I could and um you know he came up so much or so often and up and in and I mean I'm looking back here I have Craig Robinson's book on my bookshelf behind me (laughs) and uh so it's just cool to like it's awesome that you caught all those people um I, I couldn't believe it um it's it's funny though you know when you ask people about things that they love how much they're willing to talk to you like that's that's great that you you know yeah and there were yeah
2: yeah there were a bunch of people who wanted to contribute and the timing just didn't work out i did hear you know after the fact from the cesspitus barbecue kids that like you know this was just during finals and they couldn't uh make it which makes sense um the uh uh the diane from um value over replacement grit wanted to contribute and just wasn't able to a bunch of people weighed in in the comments. I know Ryan, you did, um, uh, and Russell Carlton did. Diane, that's where she um, popped up. So there were, you know, there were a lot of people who, um, you know, did contribute comments after the fact. And it was clear that, like, you know, this is something that people still think about a lot, and it still really um, means a lot to a lot of people that what this podcast did. And I will say the thing that sort of made me realize, kind of. Um, how big this was was like, you know, this, this got link got circulated a lot more than I was kind of expecting it would. And, um, both Jason and Kevin sort of tweeted at me and were like, Hey, this is cool. Thanks. And I was like, wow, this is like, this is like when, um, mean Joe green throws you his Jersey. (laughs) Like this is, this is a cool move.
1: That's, that's very cool. Um, I I do want to, and you kind of gave me the perfect segue there is I want to talk about how, you know, the podcast influenced, us kind of individually uh maybe i'll tag nick in here maybe maybe you can start just how did the up and end podcast you know did it affect you were you a, a big listener just kind of the effect it had
0: um you know i tried to play it cool between weeks but when they didn't um get up get one up like each week it was really disappointing because i i became a huge fan and um i stumbled on it because it was on the itunes you know podcast uh you know, store or whatever you want to call it. And I just was searching for like baseball podcast and I, I was a subscriber actually to BP, but I guess I wasn't, you know, a heavy, heavy reader or participant, I guess you could call it. And, um, you know, the first thing that jumped out at me was, you know, the scouting stuff. Nobody had ever like put the scouting in a way that I had, I could really understand it before. So, um, you know, that right there changed my entire, like the way I watched baseball because suddenly I could watch baseball at any level and you know just drawing back on playing high school baseball and growing up with it and you know watching it for the last however many years suddenly like I was like yeah you know it's funny why do why do my eyes drift towards this guy um and they just you know nailed it it's the guys that are athletic or have these kind of freak skills that you just naturally you want to watch them and that's like that's a good thing like it's okay to be like you know, I just want to watch this guy run around in the outfield. You know, why is that? Because he does it so well. He's so graceful or, you know, um, you know, maybe he's like unnatural out there, but he just gets the job done. And there's just all these different ways of, of watching baseball and, and seeing it. I think what I, you know, wrote on the site was it, it made me really come back to think about baseball is everything that's happening, you know, while the game's being played. And, um, Stepping back from the the stats and the the endpoints, and you know, thinking about baseball as you know large sample sizes, and just watching it and enjoying it again for you know for what it is, for just watching guys hit the ball, watching guys um, you know make plays, and um, you know being okay with the fact that people watch it differently, and um, you know there's no right answer. Um, so baseball-wise, yeah, it really changed. It was a big game changer for me. And um, I, I don't think I've I've watched any baseball from high school on up, you know, the same way. And just kind of a funny story, um, is I went to the BP meetup in Atlanta a couple years ago at Turner Field and um I think this is getting on the little on the weird side, but um I remember like watching the crowd, the the people, you know, who were Baseballperspectives.com members, um, as a high school baseball team walked into the gate, and watching them watch the baseball players, and knowing like, yeah, they're sizing all these guys up right now. Like, they're like, yeah, oh, that guy's, you know, I could see a, you know, a little speed there. I could see, you know, a pitcher's build there. I can see the projectable body, you know or or not or whatever it was it was just kind of funny to know like what was going on in their heads because you know all those guys were there because russell carlton and jason parks were there (laughs) and um I, i think you know parks isn't watching you know 15 year old kids walking into a baseball game to find his next prospect but um his voice is certainly in the back of the minds of you know every one of us so um uh, I probably rambled enough, but, uh, you know, it just was a big game changer for how I watched the game and um, the way I interact with people and can talk to people about, you know, baseball players um, and and have a, a common vocabulary and really just be able to, um, you know, enjoy the game that much more because um, I just, you know, feel better about, you know, watching baseball for the, uh, you know, the exciting moments and, and um, you know watching for all those things that make you, you know, really draw your attention into the game rather than just saying, Oh, there's a fly out, you know, there's a, a ground ball out. Now let me check Fangraphs.com and see what, you know, what happened in these other games. So, well, uh,
1: and Tyler, before I jump in, uh, what are your, you know, obviously you did the piece. I don't know if that affected kind of the way you look at it now, but, uh, kind of your thoughts.
2: Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think Nick the, hit the nail on the head. Like the, the, common language that up and end gave i mean i think it it did two things um for me and i think for a lot of other fans um you know one is this was baseball prospectus talking about this stuff and normally you would think a baseball prospectus podcast you'd think it would be one specific thing but like this was like almost n- not anti stat at all but like not focused on the stats and actually like you know i think kevin and jason spent as much time talking about like what what the stats couldn't show and what, you know, what you couldn't learn from them as they did talking about any stats at all. And I think um, for me, like the up and in was, you know, getting started and getting, hitting its heyday, like around the same time that I was um, transitioning from being a fan of a team to being a fan of baseball as a whole. Um, And a lot of that was, you know, playing fantasy baseball and getting into deeper leagues and, Um, having you know just like wanting to wanting to know a little bit more than just you know what's my local media say um, especially in philadelphia Uh, and um, just the the fact that you know jason and kevin were able to um, create this sort of common language share like basically drop the whole like you know, stats versus scouts uh, dichotomy that a lot of people online like to pretend exists and just show, like, hey, you know, this is, like, people who people who enjoy the game enjoy other things in life, too. They enjoy movies and, and booze and uh, spying on neighbors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They enjoy music. They uh, like to um, shoot the shit with each other, and they, you know, are... Um, totally interested in every in knowing as much as they can about every facet of baseball like it's these little the little things that make it all interesting like you know the the stuff that's being written about in baseball perspectives and and fan graphs the stats and the deep analysis like that I find endlessly fascinating and it makes me wish I had more of a math mind every time I dig into it um, the scouting piece like i wish i had any eye for like pitches or um you know w- what sort of core a uh, young dominican has to have to be a projectable <laughs> shortstop um but like i don't i may not have that the ability to read that stuff as well as um some of the people who do it every day but you know it's it's something to look for and something to think about when i watch the game that's different than um you know what your uh, more mainstream uh e s p n even baseball tonight or th- their podcasts or things like that like than what they were covering at the time and even than what they are now
0: yeah it was really shocking to me to listen to up and in for the first time because you know i've definitely it was the first you know non topical baseball podcast i'd ever listened to, and to go from like the e s p n fantasy baseball the main one um Oh, let's uh, you know, not like, talk about that. <laughs> yeah. To go from that to up and in was like, like it, I don't know, it was like being on drugs or something, just like slowing the whole thing down. Um, yep. Cause they're just, it was like, wow, these people are just talking to each other. You know, they're just having a conversation. I didn't know you could do this on podcasts. And then here we are doing it now. You know, like Farron brought that up, you know, just the legion of baseball podcasts that have come around. Um, I don't know, Sullivan, did you, did you start, I mean, podcasting? before or after up and in? I mean, I mean, I know you do it from your website, but how did that come around for you?
1: I, I mean, uh, the highest compliment I can try to pay that you know up and in is the fact that I wouldn't be running a website today or I wouldn't be having and hosting podcasts if it wasn't for up and in. And, and I honestly believe that. I think they changed the medium to, it, it allowed people to really think that you don't have to be you know, Carl Ravitch or Buster Olney or have this ESPN platform or what have you. I mean- They really brought it to a level where... Yeah, and and Baseball Perspectives is a mega platform. I'm not trying to take away from it in that respect, but they made it sound like it was two friends who really knew a ton about baseball, but also just knew just wanted to talk for an hour or two a week.
0: I mean, do you remember what Jason's audio quality sounded like, like week to week? You never knew what you were going to get, and it it, half the time it was like through a tunnel, so yeah, and, and you always... sound great, Ryan, so I mean, you're like way better than he ever did. And it was so... always, you know,
1: what state of mind was Jason in? I mean, he went through a divorce while we were listening to this podcast. I mean, he was very real about that. I think that's, yeah. you know, if it wasn't a, fr- a legitimate friend of his, uh, you know, Kevin, it, we never would have gotten that honesty, and and I think that was phenomenally interesting. I thought it was amazing how they made, you know, Kevin's mom a focal point. I still go back and listen to those shows. She makes me laugh every single time I listen to it. I mean, when I'm if I'm having a bad day, I immediately go to that and I immediately start belly laughing when she starts going, You mean the Dodgers moved to Los Angeles? I mean just <laughs> uh, I mean it happened forty years ago and that's her favorite right. team. I mean, just things like that. It was amazing. And Brooklyn's still gonna
2: win the World Series oh, this year. So it was amazing.
1: and and then the random guests who all of a sudden became popular or you know the bands that all of a sudden i would listen to their music and i would never listen to punk rock like kevin would listen to but next thing i know i'm listening to it and i'm like oh these guys are pretty good and i i'm always i got to meet jason uh last year and and had lunch with him and interviewed him and he is so phenomenally smart and interesting that once you sit down with him you kind of get why the podcast was so good i mean he is so worldly smart i mean i think he was a uh ivy league educated english major i mean th- he's phenomenally interesting and and kevin is the same i mean and the other thing that i'd love to mention as well is just they made it more and we've said it but they've made it much more approachable you know neither one of these guys were professional baseball players i think jason played a little bit in high school i don't even think kevin played in high school and now look at where they are. I mean, Jason's got a major job with the Cubs, and Kevin Goldstein's got a, a, a director of all minor leagues or something. A, a Pro, minor director. Director. Pro scouting director yeah. for the Astros. Thank you. I mean, that's a a mega job for a guy that had never been in baseball. I mean, I, I think that it's. I, I think it showed that people with a lot of desire and wanting to know about prospects or draftees or whatever could do it. I think it made it more accessible, and I think that's made. I think that's made the scouting writing on the internet better. I think what Jason did, you know, at, at BP is something that'll be that should forever be Yeah, know, I love
0: Jason's like non prospect, but just, you know, when he would write about like going to the All Star game or um going down to I guess it was Mexico to see prospects before the, or maybe it was Dominican Republic, whichever it was, to see prospects. This is before the, the July two deadline. I can't remember the exact date, but it was um you know, like a advanced scouting kind of thing. And um, just writing about, you know, seeing the water um, as he drove past it and, you know, seeing these kids that like had like, you know, man's bodies and like kids' faces, uh, you know, putting that all together. It, it, he's such he's a great writer. I, I mean, I miss that part of it as much as anything um, that, you know, he probably just doesn't have time or, you know, the audience or the, you know, platform. I'm sure the Cubs don't want him like writing random <laughs> Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah there's
2: that's that is one of the problems and I think um Kevin was a, a great writer too, and you know um as much as anything, I think you know Kevin is responsible for a lot of what um modern baseball's prospectus has become because you know he was he was basically in charge of that site for several years, and I think uh, whether Ben was directly after him or not, I don't remember but um in terms of uh, managing editor but Um, You know, he was, you know, he was a a key piece and Jason wasn't even like associated with baseball prospectus when the podcast started. It was just like, (laughs) I am Kevin. And here's one of my friends who writes for a Rangers blog that you've never heard of. And we're going to talk to you for two hours every week, more or less. And we're going to chat about whatever the hell we feel like. And that like that in and of itself just was, yeah, it felt revolutionary, but it also was like, it would not have worked if they weren't both so interesting.
1: And I also would like to just, I thought it was interesting that when they would talk at the end about where they were going, and I think it gave an insight into how hard, you know, the guys work in the industry, whether you want to call them scouts, you want to call them writers or evaluators or whatever you want to call them. I mean, they were at a game every night and they knew six days in. you know, oh, I'm going to be here and then I'm traveling here and then I'm going to be here. I mean, I think it gives it a much different perspective than, Maybe what a lot of people thought of, oh, they go to a game once in a while and they watch a game on TV. I mean, no, yeah, they're, they're busting their home thing. every day and they're at mm-hmm. the park at three o'clock for a seven o'clock game watching BP. And I thought that was another insight that they gave that uh, perhaps that we didn't know. Now, the other if you want to say there's a negative, they have created an entire culture where people drop rig, want, slack. yes. Sparkle. Yeah. I
2: think um I think uh my favorite quote from the whole piece or well my second favorite quote was uh Andy uh saying about basically like, you know, Jason, everyone's taking Jason too far and everyone's like uh I just wish writers would stop saying nonsense like uh eighty grade smut. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's there's this whole culture of um wannabe scouts who, you know, who are all saying the same thing? Who aren't trying to do? Who aren't? Who aren't putting in the hours that you have to put just to be like a entry level cross checker or whatever? Like it's that is not a glamorous job, and scouting in and of itself is not glamorous. There's a reason that you know all the men who do it are sixty years old and grumpy as hell. It's because like it's it's just not
0: fun. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> funny you mentioned that because I I looked up like during the podcast, I guess. Um, you know, everybody has like the big player from their hometown and mine was Austin Kearns. So I, I found the scout that signed him for the Reds. And you would think that, you know, it's a pretty good find. Like ba- Kentucky is not a big hotbed for baseball talent. They got a, um, you know, rookie of the year candidate and a guy who had a decent career uh, out of a first round pick. And um, that guy's not working in baseball anymore, to say the least. Like he just like <laughs> sells stuff or something. And I was like, there you go. Like, there you have it. Um, yeah. You know, signs the first round pick or, you know, scouts the first round pick um you know and and well this was like five years ago you know maybe he coaches or something now i think but you know not a scout anymore so uh yeah there you have it it's it's funny and and that's why i'm never you know somebody asked me like what's my end game for like contributing to banish to the pen and that's it like i'm not going to be a scout i'm not going to work in a front office i don't have 10 years of you know i'm probably the same age as jason or close to it i don't have 10 years of scouting experience at this point in my yeah. life it's not going to happen so yeah um and jason's language is his own you know that's what i liked about it i liked having you know the joking around about want and rig and all that but exactly when you see it over and over again on twitter it's like that's that, those are his words you know <laughs> so I don't, yeah, know. I don't
1: mind want but rig has definitely been overused yeah, yeah <laughs> and i think the um you know
2: the 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 good thing that's contributed is there is this whole like this whole world of people talking about baseball that you know can there it proved there's an audience for it it proved that things like productive outs and the Cespedes um, barbecue and even fringe average and to some degree uh, effectively wild I think like you know there is a there's a a group out there's a there's an audience out there for this stuff um, Ryan your podcast your your all your stuff like if you can develop your own voice if you can be you know um able like if you're if you're confident enough to just like know that you know if it's interesting to you it's going to be interesting to somebody else out there then like you can you can just focus on you know being yourself and i think that is something that um they definitely taught and i i hope that um i hope it continues to influence people uh, you know over the years. I agree.
1: Uh, any final thoughts, guys? I, I, I'm sure we could spend another half hour talking about this, but I do want to kind of talk about a couple other things tonight. So any final thoughts up and in?
0: I, I think Tyler summed it up perfectly. You know, they are pump up the volume for um, baseball podcasts, you know, like what that little thing did for like pirate radio. They've done it for, for podcasting. So.
2: Oh, I would, I just want to close on um, quote, the quote that Jim Callis uh, gave me. Cause <laughs> Jim was, uh, he was absolutely awesome. He, you know, I, tweeted, I just tweeted at him. I was like, hey, can I ask you a couple questions about you know, this podcast? He was like, sure, sure, and sent me his personal email address and everything. I'm like emailing him back and forth, and he responds, and it's like, I don't really remember anything. I, I remember that Kevin had a podcast. That's basically it.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> it's pretty funny because he did a long
0: episode, I think. I think he yeah. did the prospect roundtable where they yeah, did like was, all like, the top Sammy 100s, Keith. right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And that. I
2: will point out, you know, of all the – just in terms, like maybe this is a good transition to, as any. It's like that was Keith and uh, Jim and Kevin debating their top respective top 100s, Keith Law and Jim Callis um, for Baseball America and ESPN. And this was the year that the debate was who's the top prospect? is it Mike Trout or Matt Moore?
1: Uh. Wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and there was, that
2: was a real argument. So that like that just goes to show like you know that is I think one of the things we all love about baseball is um you can at some point there's an argument to be made that maybe Matt Moore is better than Mike Trout and then eventually they'll they'll play and you'll find out.
1: Yeah, I actually well done. I think we I think that summed it up perfectly. So I'm going to try to segue uh, like Jim Bowden and uh, transition off this topic. And uh, Nick kind of you in a little bit more that uh, you're a little more of the focal point here in this uh, part. Uh, you wrote a great piece. I think it, it dropped today. If, if not yesterday, uh, kind of previewing the Sonoma stompers. I, I think that uh, they've taken on cult status, certainly uh, on effectively wild and uh, on the Banish to the pen site for sure. So, uh, I guess the first place, once again, I just want to give you the floor to talk about uh, your piece, what you wrote about, what you discovered, and uh, maybe preview the snoppers a little bit.
0: Sure, uh, sounds good. So we joked during the MLB previews, I think when we were doing those for Banished to the Pen, that... Uh, That's when the news broke that Sam and Ben would be working for the Stompers. So somebody joked that we should do a team-in-the-box preview for the Stompers, and I kind of laughed and put it to the side. And then about a month ago, I was kind of digging around the rosters from last year for the uh, Pacific Association teams, and I was like, why don't I just do all four teams? There's only four teams in the league. There's only so many guys that we'll know ahead of time are coming back. So, um, I emailed Ken, um, and he got sort of at least a, um, you know, agreement from, I guess, Ben Lindbergh that they weren't going to do, uh, they weren't going to do like a, a preview podcast or anything for the Stomper season. They were just going to kind of keep rolling. So, um, it seemed like I had permission anyway, to go ahead and write a preview of the Stompers to reach out to them and, uh, the other teams in the league. So, um, you know that's where we went with it. As I emailed the um, the media relations directors for three of the teams, and um, one of the teams they're the Pittsburgh Diamonds who are playing the Stompers right now as we're recording, actually. Um, they uh, actually were kind of going through some changes, so I didn't get a hold of them until this last week. they They actually made a change you know serendipitously on their Facebook page. They put up their new logo, their new team name, they went from the metal to the diamonds and they said, "Hey, we have a new website." So I clicked on it and I was like, uh, hey, there's actually a media relations contact or there's actually a contact us link now finally." <laughs> so um, it was pretty awesome. I got you know just like what uh, Tyler was saying about, you know, asking people for information about up and in, like, I I got emails right right away from some of these guys when I emailed them. And some of them took a few days, but they were really open to the idea of just let's talk about your team and let's talk about the league. And, um, you know, these guys are all baseball guys. They all, you know, have been around the game for a long time. Um, One of the broadcasters for the Vallejo um, Admirals, I think we... And, and you know, going back to up and in, I think there was a guest at one point, and he talked about going to the winter meetings as a as a broadcaster, trying to get a job with a tape of him sitting in the bleachers recording a game. And that's how this guy, he got his job because he, um recorded himself um broadcasting a cardinals game with just the background you know crowd noise on MLB TV so that you know that's the kind of guys that I talked to um you know Tim Livingston from the Stompers has been working in uh local broadcasting around Sonoma for a long time great guy. and uh um, so when he yeah when he went for the job you know they they said um, hey, this is a great guy you know you all should should pick him up as your broadcaster because even though. Um, the new owner, Eric Galata didn't know him, Uh, you know, people in broadcasting around Sonoma knew him. Um, Anyway, so, you know, going back to the league, um, you know, it's just four teams out in Northern California. And uh, a few years ago, what happened was the NABL folded and uh, the the Pacifics really, I mean, the the impression I get is the San Rafael Pacifics really kind of spearheaded this effort to, um, they're owned by a company that owned a couple of different teams over the last couple of years started this new league, the Pacific Association. And so you went from uh, 2013, you had several teams, some of which were in Hawaii and then they cut back you know cut, cut costs sort of in 2014 and just went down to four teams. And that's where Sonoma comes into play. So um, you know not to recap everything that, that Sam Miller has you know beautifully written at, at BP, um, but you know the, the stompers are were the upstart last year. They were, you know, the new guys, and they happened to be owned by the same uh, company that owned the number one team in the league, the Pacifics. So, um, what was cool talking to Tim Livingston, who's a member of the Effectively Wild group. He's actually pretty active, um, and he's a great guy. I mean, you could probably Facebook message him right now, and you know, you know, he'd answer questions or tell you about you know what's going on with the team. Um, But you know. They were able to kind of break out of their you know redheaded stepchild you know mode this year um, you know new ownership uh, they're obviously pretty progressive going for um, you know a, a, a baseball operations department with you know a couple guys whose um, you know combined experience is like you know what had Ben Lindbergh do a couple years with the Yankees as an intern uh, I guess and that
1: yeah. uh, I want to jump in I hate to interrupt I'm go sorry ahead. No, but, go ahead but I do want to ask did you get any feel for how much input Ben and Sam really have. I mean, is this going to be something where they are really taking over absolutely everything or is this something where yeah, they're going to get to tweak a few things but did you get a feel for that, I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, add.
0: so Tim, um, he doesn't know a whole lot more than we know actually because he's in the media and broadcasting side But um, and without spoiling anything. I mean, I didn't really get a lot of secrets or anything um, but I think there are going to be some I mean with without him saying anything you know you can tell when somebody starts getting a little excited like there's something going on so I think there's going to be some cool surprises and um you know it, what he talked about was you know looking for to this season, the biggest thing was as the broadcaster, he's gonna be sitting there and having to describe like the first time, you know, the left fielder plays shortstop or something weird, you know, the first time like you have a six man infield or a five man outfield or just, you know, something out of left field, uh, no pun intended, you know, <laughs> he's gonna have to describe that. So he was pretty excited about that. So it sounds like they have a pretty good, pretty good sway. And That's- you know, if you read their QA with um with Tim on Uh, StompersBaseball.com which I definitely recommend if people haven't you should definitely read it because it's really uh, a really like a keyhole you know vantage point view into what's going on they talk about um, you know the idea of you know changing like rethinking batting practice and rethinking like pregame rituals and how um, they don't get the chance to work with guys over you know four or five seasons in player development but they don't have to worry about the you know media response they don't have to worry about um, fans not buying tickets you know I think this is an attraction you know this is a reason for fans to go out there is to see what's gonna happen so um, and, and I'm I got the impression point, that they have you know uh, things are gonna happen like they're they're not just sitting back there making suggestions to Theo Fightmaster and he's gonna turn them down I guess
1: and and I'm curious how much of this is them trying to make changes and like you say how they're writing a book. I mean, they need to do a few things that will get our attention, certainly. And, yeah. and how much of this is going to be? Oh, we're going to put a left-handed shortstop out there because it's never been done, and we want to be able to put that in the book, kind of a thing. I and I don't want to say it the wrong way because I, I oh, like sure. Ben and Sam are both great guys and they're upstanding. But at the same yeah. time, you got to sell books. You got a publisher. Yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead. I'm just. Uh, well, it's is my favorite thing there.
0: they said in the Q, I mean, I'm just basically recounting the Q and A now. <laughs> but um, was talking about like. I can't remember who said, he really wanted to do some kind of weird fan, like, you know, advan- like, using the fans to be, like, a factor in the game, um, you know, I-, I don't know what that means exactly, but um, somebody right. in the Effective right. Wild group.
2: Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. um, what is that, Can, was it Kentucky basketball that did that, where they would, like, you know, just try to distract the other team and stuff like that? And, um, oh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the, uh, yeah. I think it was Sam. That was Sam's idea. Okay.
0: Yeah, you oh. don't see. Yeah, in baseball, like you know, you watch a, a college basketball game. All the fans behind the the goal are going crazy during free throws, or yeah. they'll just go dead quiet to like psych right. the guy out. Yeah. Um, the Phillies, like, or is it the Phillies or the The Nets are the doing bat, the thing in batting
2: practice? Yeah, They're, yeah, the soft they're rock. playing soft rock during batting practice. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, a couple teams have, have commented about how how annoyed they are by it's, that yeah, it's, it's bizarre.
0: like it. if
1: you go yeah. to a game and you're watching bp and all of a sudden this you know peter gabriel air in the night or whatever it is hits and you're like what yeah. on earth i mean you're, it yeah. definitely catches you by surprise you're used to definitely. you know hard rock or you know some hip-hop or whatever you want to call it it definitely yeah. throws you off
0: so i guess yeah you know going back to what are they doing i think you just have to read you know what What they've written so far, and uh, you know, go listen to all the the podcasts, the relevant podcasts. Maybe we can try to get those together before the end of the season. Um, And you know, listen to games. It's it's. uh, I put a some links on the um, article. I think what I just saw from Tim Livingston was that the actual video streaming won't be available until a little bit later in the season, but you can get on the um, uh, what is it, the TuneIn Radio app and you can listen to the games live. Um, Right now, we're not getting the, uh, what is it, SVTV27 streaming or the radio streaming off their website, the local broadcast website, but um, he is streaming through the TuneIn Radio app. So, um, you know, I know when I get off this podcast, I'm probably going to go listen to that until I, you know, doze off or whatever. Uh And um, I've got a couple more
1: questions. We've kind of diverted off one track, but I want to get back to just talking about the Stompers. Do they have anybody that, you know, maybe the casual fan will have heard of, you know, who's their manager, who's their big player, just,
0: you know, a little preview. Um, Well, so they have a promotion running with Jose Canseco. So he's going to play two games uh, later this month, actually. It's coming up soon. Um, And the promotion is he's going to do a home run derby with um, some of the players. So it's the Pacifics who are like the juggernauts. They're like the Yankees, you know, of the league. Um, They and some of the Stompers um, so probably Joe Carranza, who is the single-season Pacific Association home run champion for the Stompers, uh, for the whole league, but plays for the Stompers. I'm guessing he'll be in that, and uh, Canseco. and then they're gonna have a contest to have two lucky fans. So you know, you if you uh, get out there, I guess in a couple weeks, um, you can see Canseco play. I don't think you anybody, unless you follow independent baseball, will have heard of the other players um they do have like i said the single season home run champion who is uh joel carranza who is um you know um just been playing independent baseball started in the picos leagues um he's a formal dev- former devil rays uh draft pick um back in 2007 uh so you know you probably haven't heard of him um they're Manager. Uh, I think this is the the really awesome story in terms of players. So they have a player manager. Um, his name, uh, if I can uh, remember how I pronounce it, real quick. Faelyn Lentini. Uh, Phelan, yeah, it's Lentini. They call him Faye, apparently. So you can just yell Fay if you're at a game. Um, but Lentini kind of rhymes with Martini. But he is a uh, yeah. Supposedly the single the uh, sorry career steals record holder for independent baseball. And of course, independent baseball records are a little bit here and there. But if you look at his stats, like he stole, uh, what was it? 48 bases. I want to say last season and didn't get caught at all. So, you know, this is a guy who can really run. He's 37 years old. And, um, Tim Livingston said he was outrunning guys, you know, um, you know, in the early twenties at the tryouts. So, um, you know, I think, that's kind of a guy to to keep an eye on just for the story because this is a guy with a whole career in in independent baseball you know um and he's now putting on the manager's hat and uh so i'll be interested to see what happens there so they don't really have like the name guys um you know aaron miles is playing in the league he plays for the pittsburgh diamonds so they're playing the stompers right now um he is the uh he is a player manager and owner of a team so it's his hometown independent baseball team which is pretty cool if you think about the idea of these teams being like you know this group of guys from this town against that group of guys from that town uh, which is what happens a lot I mean a lot of the stompers are hometown products they're guys that um, like uh, Faye is a good example he's in the Sonoma State uh, University Athletic Hall of Fame Um, the best player last year Jace Ray so if you read the, the article in BP last summer that Sam Miller talks about Jace Ray being like a seven or eight win player in the context of this league, he was from, you know, that area as well. So, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of this league is, um, they do bring in players. So you have, you know, guys that come cross country. Uh, I think, uh, Ben and Sam, you know, went out and recruited, they brought in some players. Um, they talked about today on the podcast actually. Um, I think they were a big, big part of recruiting, uh, this guy, Sean Conroy, uh, he's coming in from uh, the East Coast from RPI, and was a D three player. And then uh, there's a left-handed pitcher. Uh, I don't know how you say his name, H <laughs> V O Z D O V I C, and uh, I think he also was a uh, possibly part of their their say. So you have those guys, but a lot of these guys are just the best placeball players in the region. Um, so you know, it's kind of a throwback. It's kind of like the old days of you know, minor league ball or, um, like right now I'm reading uh, summer 49 and it goes into like how some of these guys, you know, who became famous, uh, you know, were sandlot players and then they would get recruited by like the older guys that knew them as good sandlot players to go play for the mill team, you know, down the road, the sponsored team. And so, um, you know, these are, are guys who have a lot of experience in the area. Um, you know, the, the managers and the, the general managers, who've been out there for a long time. They know who the local legends are. They know who the big players are that, you know, if you were 15 years old and you were playing little, you know, Babe Ruth at this time, at this year, you would know this guy. He was a couple years older than you because everybody would be talking about him. And, uh, you know, they bring those guys back. So, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of how it works. Um, and then in addition to Aaron Miles playing for the Diamonds, uh, you have um, Gary Templeton's son. So he's Gary Templeton II. Is a, a manager as well, so that's kind of cool. Um, you know, his dad was a, a long-time shortstop for the for the Padres, was like the Padres shortstop after Ozzy Smith. <laughs> so he got that, you know, uh, got to be the lucky guy that had to try to, you know, replace Ozzy Smith. Um, but his son is now the manager for the Vallejo uh, Admirals. So um, some names you might know, you know, are are in there. It's just a matter of, um, you know, kind of dusting off your your memory a little bit. Um Well, yeah. So anyway, I, I think sorry. that you know this isn't like the Atlantic League or or the American Association where you get like a Roger Clemens or a Ricky Henderson. You know, at least right now, those guys aren't going to show up. I think, but I think the league is growing. I think that from what I've talked to the, the 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 general managers and the media guys, they really feel like you have development within the league of players coming back, but you also have guys coming to the league because they recognize that the talent is getting better year after year and this is becoming a league where you know players can get good instruction and they can you know um, you know they can get challenged without having to be on the east coast so Anyway.
1: That's a very good uh preview and a very good uh intro to them. I guess the the main question I wanted to ask you guys and maybe throw to the floor before we wrap is uh kind of what are you most looking forward to with what Ben and Sam are gonna do with this? Uh let, let me tag in Tyler, uh just jump in here. Uh what are you most looking forward to?
2: I I think uh I I can't say what I'd be looking forward to because i I'm, I'm really it seems mysterious. Like I feel like they've been carrying this about with such an air of mystery. And maybe some of it is is to drum up interest, but I think most of it it's like the sort of thing that um, you know, if they were Reds managers they'd be cussing us out for asking that sort of question. Um because what is what right is it for us to know? We're just fans. It's you know but in any case, like I'm I'm really just curious to see mostly like, you know, if you're talking about a four team indie league, like this is the stakes the stakes in some ways couldn't be lower but we're also talking about you know two writers who are finally in a position where they have to put their money where their mouth is and you know Ben and Sam are probably the least um hot take oriented baseball writers who have ever been paid uh but they're you know they're in a position that you know everybody imagines themselves in and they, they kind of have to prove something. So if they go out there and they do all the traditional, um, you know, reason, like, ways the game is played, or they do crazy wild stuff, like, you know, I, I don't even know what an example would be. I guess ambidextrous pitchers and left-handed shortstops and um, it shifts so extreme they make that Korean uh, um, outfielder who ended up going behind the catcher look look normal you know if they do stuff like that that'd be cool if they go out there and they do small ball and bunt and steal like that would be interesting too because we'll have a chance to know like you know why did they why did they do that how did how did actually being involved in the day-to-day how the game is going to be played who are the players what's the lineup like how does that change their point of view as writers and fans that's the thing that i'm really interested in because i think they're both um intellectual and esoteric enough they're going to be able to think through like well i came into this really expecting to be able to do you know crowd distraction and maybe at the end of the season that didn't work and they found that you know the thing that worked was you having the pitcher bunt um i don't know if this is the h league or not i don't know if it's a wood bat league or not there's so like yeah, oh, the answer there's... is yes. Uh, okay. I think,
0: at least, I don't know if it's all the time, but they use a, they do use a DH, so... Okay. Um, and sometimes pitchers hit, and sometimes hitters pitch. Um, so I'll get to that in a minute, but go I ahead. I will say,
2: I will yeah. absolutely be disappointed if there are not position players pitching in most games.
1: Okay. All right, Nick, uh, anything yeah. to add? I think Taylor, or Taylor, Tyler nailed it. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but any thoughts?
0: Um. Yeah, I guess, you know... I, one thing that he kind of touched on that I'm really curious to hear back from them later is like when you're just in scouting um, say uh, it seems like everybody has to be friends with everybody because it's a it's a human network you know job and you have to please people and have them like you so it's almost like people won't say bad things about other people and they're kind of touchy about, who you know what prospects they'll say bad things about especially if they want to work maybe you know in if you're like a, a uh you know if you're doing scouting for a website like bp or uh, fan graphs you may want to work in a front office someday or you may want to work for a team so you got to be careful about who you criticize what players you criticize you know with with the statistical side of baseball and just being writers, you know, for the last however many years with Sam and Ben, they can kind of like make jokes about Aaron Miles playing independent baseball or, you know, um, one of the things in the article is, you know, kind of making a joke, um, uh, about one of the, uh, you know, veteran baseball players that was playing last summer in the league who, uh, you know, was doing like a charity, uh, thing. And, um, so, you know, he's like a two, two outcome player at this point is what he (laughs) said. He can strike out and he can walk. Um, Shoot. And it was Eric Burns. Sorry. So my question for them would be like, now that you're in the league, you have to look at people in the eye every day. Do you have to, I mean, do you have to watch kind of what you say about players, you know, to other people? Um, You know, do you have to kind of watch your tone a little bit? Is it, is it more difficult for you to kind of hold back? And um, you know, walk away from the freedoms that just podcasting and writing afford you. Um, so that, that's interesting to me is to see how that comes together, you know with the they talked about it today actually about the idea of having to sit down with somebody that you're gonna release and look them in the eye and tell them they're fired basically. So I'm curious about that. I'm also curious about um, you know, just to see less about like the, the like wacky stuff to try like, you know, extreme shifts or, you know, left-handed shortstops, like you said, but maybe just like strategies that have kind of been out there for a long time that people don't necessarily try, like, you know, starting relievers or, um, you know, using like a, um, You know how they do, like, the tag team starts in the minor leagues, but they don't do it in the majors at all? Um, Stuff like that. So, And actually, just to point out, they actually have a catcher named Andrew Parker. I think he's returning to the Stompers. And he pitched – he started one game, pitched five innings, and um, did an amazing job last year. He struck out – In his one start, he struck out five batters and only walked one. So I didn't catch when that happened. I I unfortunately didn't get the whole story. But I I really hope that we see some more position players pitching uh, with their team. Um, There are some some two-way players in the league. Uh, One guy is returning to... to uh, Pittsburgh this season, so I, I do want to see more of that. I want to see them stretching, you know, players and seeing what happens when they, you know, have a, maybe a third baseman go play center field or a shortstop, you know, I don't know, try catching. So we'll see. Uh, I guess that's what I'm I'm hoping to see.
1: Uh, and and to kind of follow up, build off what you both said, and I think you guys nailed it. But uh, I'm curious to see how much the book influences what they do. And and once again, I don't want to say that in a negative or a kind of pejorative way but they got to sell books and uh i wonder how much is going to be done that you know we can have great ideas up here but it's still got to get to the manager and it's still got to get to the ball player and if the player you know and you want him to bunt left-handed and reverse grip or you know i'm just making up a complete ridiculousness you know the player eventually can just say no and then it dies there so i'm curious how much actually gets implemented i'm very curious. You know, because there is still that barrier between them and the manager and then the manager and the player. And I'm curious how much can get through that layer and, and and what they do. I mean, now they've had three, four, five months to stew on this. I don't know how long. I mean, it feels like it's been a little while now. Is What have they come up with? And what can they actually get accomplished? Can they do, you know, we're going to bring in a pitcher and move him to third and then bring have the third baseman pitch to this one guy and then flip them back? I mean, that's not that crazy, although we don't see it in the majors. But – is it going to be yeah. stuff like that, or are we going to see, you know, eight players on one side of the field and, and one player on, on the left side? You know, dramatic shifts and changes of that nature. So I'm I'm curious more in how much they can implement from their role, you know, with the fact that they may only be doing this for one year. They aren't the owners of the team, and they still aren't the manager. I'm curious how much power they'll have, so to speak.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true. And, I mean, it's a good question you had earlier about how much, you know, sway will they get because um, I, I'm really I haven't checked in I'm, I'm curious to check in like you know just even to me even getting players based on stats in college and um, I think they did the homework and they tried to project these guys into the league you know they, they mentioned that on the on NPR this morning they you know said that when you do all the adjustments it looks like this guy um, should be able to play you know in this league and, and be very good but Um, you know, this kid that, that they brought in Conroy, he's a sidearm pitcher and, you know, he'd better be able to spin a curve and he would better be able to make the slider, you know, you know, cut and slide because if you're throwing sidearm to a guy who's, you know, been through college, he's worked his way, you know, played to a certain level, he's going to know the strike zone for himself. He's going to have a feel for that. And when you, you know, cut out, when you have a starting pitcher who is only throwing on one plane. It, it better, you know, the secondary stuff better work or he's going to get, get tagged pretty quickly. I mean, the Sonoma fence, just to tell you is 300 feet basically to left and right field. It's deeper to center, <laughs> but it is a porch to left and right field. <laughs> and, uh, I mean the Pittsburgh diamonds who they're playing tonight, like they, uh, I don't know if he's pitching tonight, but um, I mean, they were the last place team last year by a landslide, but they, they geared up this year. I mean, they went and got a bunch of guys, so uh, they'll be able to hit. You know, so I'm, you know, a little bit like I'm nervous for him, I guess, to some extent. So, well, you know, not just I the on the field be, stuff, but the player recruitment. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah,
2: I was gonna say, I, if regardless of who the pitcher is, if the catcher can't frame, I don't know. I think <laughs> then throwing him out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I want to see the catcher framing data after the end of the season. I need them to do that. Like, that's that's what I want to see. I want to see the like hard stats, you know, even though it's just one season, like, I want to see him you know dig it out because these are both really smart guys you know uh, ben obviously has the statistics background um you know sam can do it do the work and they have the resources i don't know you know what bp gets out of this like can they actually ask henry or um sorry harry Pav- pavlidis am i saying that wrong pavlidis, yeah, pavlidis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah can they ask him for like advice or for a little bit of help here and there you know um is it because it's not being published to bp do they have to like just be on their own? So that'll be I, interesting.
2: Well, I think, um, I, I feel like one thing that I heard, maybe it was through the, uh, Ben's, uh, interview with NPR was that they were okay. tracking every pitch and tracking every hit. Like somehow they've got access to, I guess, uh, specific league level hit fx and maybe and maybe that's the whole reason they did this there was like maybe they were thinking well if we can't get access to the big leagues at hit fx we'll pretend we're going to write a book so that we can do it i mean they're smart
0: guys you could take a a good like hd you know over the counter cam and put it in center field and point it at the catcher and if it has good enough zoom and if it has clear enough you know vision um you made your own, your own pitch. FX yeah.
2: Maybe case, they've just, know. maybe what they really mean is, you know, yeah. just like, uh, the minor leagues, they've got the people sure. who aren't playing that night sitting in the stands, charting pitches <laughs> for them.
1: Well, and even to that point, yeah. what, what information do they value? I think that would be interesting yeah. at the end of the year. What, what sure. information were they trying to gather? I mean, pitch yeah. FX or, or was it something even deeper than that, you know, or something yeah, that's, that's just on the periphery that, you know, maybe we've heard of, but we haven't really thought of, or, you know, what have you. I mean, maybe they're taking bats or, you know, speed off the bat to the next generation or, you know, uh, yeah. player FX, not player FX, but, uh, you know, tracking the infielders. Maybe they're taking that to the next level. Who knows? Yeah. So. Yeah, I'd
0: be curious to see. So,
1: uh Well, once yeah. again, uh, Nick, how about uh, you plug your uh, your work again? Because that was a terrific article. And, uh, sure. I think that would be a good place kind of to, to cut it off right here.
0: Yeah. So to round it up one more time, um, on to the we have the stompers preview up. We also have the Pittsburgh diamonds preview up, which is Aaron miles's team. Uh, tomorrow, uh, if I, as long as I get enough sleep, I'll have the, uh, admirals, the Vallejo hat admirals who came within one game of making it to the, uh, championship game last year. Uh, but this is a split season. So they didn't, um, and the, um, uh, the last day will be the San Rafael Pacific's, the reigning champions and the sort of juggernaut team, uh, in the league, at least for the last couple, couple years so far. So, um, that'll be all up by Wednesday. And, um, and Hopefully we'll, we'll yeah. yeah. And you you've know. done
1: a great job, Nick. I, I really want to compi- compliment you. I, write, I read yeah. the first I, article, and I, I thought you really nailed it. And uh, I think this is a, ne- a unique series that uh, Banished to the Pen can get to do. So I, I just want to compliment thanks. you on a good idea and uh, actually putting it to work because writing those four articles is uh, it's not easy. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate, you know, one thing that I think you kind of inspired me to do is I see how much you reach out to people and you're, you know, I I see all the cool guests you get on your podcast and on your website. And, you know, it, it kind of, I haven't cold called, you know, emailed somebody in about 12 years for an interview. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of pushed me over the line to just like, you know, all they can do is say no, that's the worst thing that can happen. And so I hope we get more, you know, fun interviews from uh, everybody and, and maybe, uh, you know, if people want to write a little more about independent baseball, I would love to read it because I'm just not near it at all. And it's, it's a whole new thing to me. So
1: well, once again, terrific work. Nick, uh, throw out your Twitter again before uh, we get out of here.
0: Sure. I'm at caps orphans uh, on Twitter.
1: And Tyler, uh, once again, same kind of yep. thing to you. I want you to plug uh, your obviously your great up and in piece and your work and uh, your Twitter as well.
2: Yeah, well, I want to plug a piece that you have to go back to, and search for. But, like, the first piece I did for Up and In, or for Banish to the Pen, I'm sorry, was, um, was the uh, comparing Major League teams to X-Files Monsters of the Week. <laughs> Nobody read it. I would really, you know, don't go read my Up and In piece. <laughs> Everyone's already read that one. Go read my X-Files piece. Um but that's from I guess maybe like uh early April. <laughs> um anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler's Notes and Ryan before we go, I've got a question uh for you.
1: Oh goodness. Okay. Sure. To, Shoot.
2: To be the baron of all baseball podcasts, is that something you inherit or is that something that's bestowed upon you from royalty?
1: Uh option C. Okay. (laughs) Option C. Um, The truth behind that story was uh, somebody was joking with me that I I do too many podcasts now and host too many of them. And I was watching the Simpsons episode where uh, Homer was the beer baron. Ah. And so all of a sudden you put two and two to two together. And I had had a couple of cocktails at the same time. And I kind of jokingly said that I was the baron of all baseball podcasts. And the guy said that should stick. And it kinda did. So Yeah, well I think it fits well. <laughs> so I have a
0: question for you guys. Oh shoot. Uh, what are you drinking?
1: Uh good question. Uh go ahead and start, guys.
0: Oh, I'm drinking a uh, summer shandy. So nothing's nothing fancy.
2: Very nice.
0: It's a line of Google. I,
2: I just finished the uh the Sam Adams uh session IPA, but which I'm not particularly proud of. Um but the uh earlier I was drinking the um victory summer love which i uh, very
1: it, good beer very good beer. So yeah victory does good stuff i was uh beginning of the podcast i was drinking a rogue dead guy and uh second half i've been drinking a flying dog dead, dead rise so oh, nice uh, yeah so uh i try to drink local when i can and uh props to flying dog they do a great product so uh oh, they do. cheap shill and uh hopefully they'll send me some beer. <laughs> That's for right. absolutely yeah. no reason because I'll drink I'm happy it.
2: i would be the list all the Flying <laughs> Dog beers I love if, if it works out. <laughs> Believe me, I will
1: be, wear a big stop sign that says I love Flying Dog if they would send me free beer. So that would be <laughs> that would cut my budget in about half. So We'd greatly appreciate that. But, uh, guys, uh, I think we killed it in this hour of Baseball Talk. I think you guys have both been doing some great work at Banish to the Pen. So I'm glad you uh, both could come on the podcast this week. I'm apologizing that uh, it was my fault we had to record on Monday rather than Sunday. So, uh, audience, blame me. Don't blame the fellas. That was all me. So, uh, thanks, guys. And I hope to have you guys back uh, relatively in the near future.
0: Yeah. All right. We won't wait uh, seven months next time, I guess. later. Yeah, yeah. I'd love you
2: later. to be back and uh, find out how the Sonoma's
0: season went. Sure, sure. Talk to you guys later. All right. And
1: that was episode 22 of the Banished to the Pen podcast with Tyler Baber and Nick Stranges. Very, very good work that they're doing, and they also crushed it tonight. So uh, thanks, guys, for coming on. Thanks for the hard work, and uh, I look forward to having you on uh, very soon. Also, uh, as we always do every week, uh, I'd like to quickly and publicly thank all the writers, the editors, contributors, technical staff, everybody that puts in so much hard work at Banished to the Pen. Uh, A lot of good things happening on the site. A lot of people are doing a lot of great work. So uh, please check us out every day at com. This episode is a wrap. I am your host, Ryan Sullivan, at NatsGM.com on Twitter, reminding you, be nice to your fellow listeners.